Well, good evening. It's good to be with you tonight. And our scripture reading this evening is from Luke chapter 18. Uh, Luke chapter 18, the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will say that they get justice quickly, get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The word of the Lord. The reason for reading this parable this evening is simply to make the point, and I'm going to make this point in the sermon, uh, that there are times that God is calling you to pray, and you don't give up in praying until you get the answer. Now, life works in certain ways, right? Uh, we all know this. you got to pay your bills. If you want to stay in a house and you don't pay bills, you're going to lose the house. Okay? High school life. There's certain things you, you just got to know. Okay, so when I was in high school and I wanted to ask a girl to a banquet, you know, I just walked up to her. I, it was nerve-wracking, but I walked up, would you like to go? And, of course, with a big smile, she said, oh, with you, yes, right? <laughs> uh, nowadays, oh, it, many of you know, it is a production. Okay, this, you just got to know this in high school. You got to plan some big event. So a girl this week was asked to prom, and she went to the parking lot, and here's all these boys with red shirts. And she, she parted the red shirts. And then there was a boy with two tablets of, well, they probably weren't stone, that said, will you go to the prom land with me? It's prom. Yes? Are we? Yes. So there's uh, certain things in life you just, you just know. Uh, well, tonight I want us to think about God's economy. How has God designed the spirit world, the physical world, and the interaction between the two? And uh, what we see from the Bible is that God has sovereignly ordained that prayer matters. Prayer, it makes a difference. Now, we might not always see the difference, uh, Prayers might not always be answered the way we want them to be answered, but we just have to believe that this is part of God's economy. Prayer makes a difference. I'm a part of the uh, uh, profession of faith uh, process uh, at my church, uh, Lombard CRC, and uh, so uh, the, uh, the students were talking, we were meeting all together, and uh, one boy said that uh, my mom, uh, several years ago, was diagnosed with MS, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And you know, today, 
uh, she is as good as you can be. God answered my prayer. This is amazing. Uh, Another boy. This is mature. Wow. This boy, he said, um, single mom, he said, you know, I prayed for a dad. That's what I really wanted. And then my mom and I came to your church. And I was surrounded by all of these men that supported me. And he said, today, God answered my prayer because of the men of this church. It wasn't the way he, exactly what he asked for, but he saw that his prayer mattered. And and God worked uh, in the church uh, to help him with the needs that he has. So we pray for things. Sometimes they're answered the way we want them to be. Sometimes uh, they're not. Uh, This evening, I would like to highlight uh, three prayers that God promises in his word he will always answer. Three prayers that God promises he will always answer. The first one is prayer for forgiveness. Prayer for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 8 and 9. For if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When we sin, I believe it's, it's good to feel guilty. Uh, there's a, a motivating factor that can click in with us. Uh, but when we confess our sins... The Bible does not say he will purify us from some of our unrighteousness or most of our unrighteousness. He will purify us from all our unrighteousness. It makes me think of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, You recall this, the Pharisee went to pray to the Lord and and basically it just became a, a bragging session, his prayer. The tax collector, a person who in that society was very frowned upon, looked down on as kind of a a sellout to to Roman rule and make money at the Jews' expense, Uh, the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. He beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man rather than the other went home justified, declared righteous, before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, those who humble themselves will be exalted. A few stories. Uh, before I got married, I think I've shared this before, I, I was a very patient person. And uh, then I got married and new vistas of patience up, opened up for me. And uh, I, I will tell you, uh, part of the problem, I wouldn't keep my mouth shut. i just say something that expressed impatience. See, now I'm quiet, wise, you know. Uh, But there were many times, honey, will you forgive me for my impatience? Lord, forgive me for my impatience. And this happened, and it happened, and it happened. And uh, I just had to accept God has forgiven me. He has forgiven me. And uh, fortunately, along the way, he has uh, made me more patient as well. My students help me in this area, too, by the way. Uh, 
I read a story in, in 10th grade Bible about a 1970s serial killer. His name was Son of Sam or the 44 caliber killer. He was in New York City and he brought the whole city under a cloud of terror, uh, especially for one summer. It was awful. Well, finally, they caught the guy. His name was David Berkowitz. He worked in a post office. And uh, he was sent to jail, prison sentence for hundreds of years. Uh, New York State does not have uh, capital punishment. So he's in one prison. Then he was moved to another prison. And at this other prison, uh, this guy, Ricky Lopez, uh, befriended him. I mean, one of the worst guys in, in jail, David Berkowitz, in terms of the crimes he committed. And Ricky Lopez was a Christian and began to witness to this former serial killer with an extremely hard heart. And Ricky Lopez did not give up, just kept witnessing to him. And uh, one day he gave him a Bible. And uh, David Berkowitz went back to his cell and began reading the word of God. And God's grace flooded into his heart, and his eyes were open to the reality of who Jesus is and what Jesus Christ has done. And pretty soon, David Berkowitz is kneeling at his bed by himself in his cell, tears coming down his face, and committing his life to Jesus Christ. And this man who had done such evil things was purified from all unrighteousness. He was forgiven. And so I ask you this evening, what sins do you need to confess? And secondly, what guilt do you need to release? The prayer uh, for forgiveness and uh, God's promise to forgive us through Jesus. Secondly, uh, the prayer for wisdom. The prayer for wisdom. James 1, uh, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I believe we're supposed to to pray this, verbalize this prayer. Oh Lord, I need your wisdom in my life. I, for some reason, I remember as a child reading this and my mom telling me, you need to pray for God's wisdom. And I did. I I verbalize it. Dear Lord, I need your wisdom. Uh, We need to believe confidently in this promise. And we also need to remember that sometimes wisdom involves We understand what decision we should make, but sometimes wisdom involves how we should live and not just necessarily a decision uh, that we need to make. So when you think, uh, kids, this is for you, okay? When you think of a wise person in the Old Testament, begins with the letter S, yes? Who would you say? Yes, do we have anybody? S. Wise person in the Old Testament. Okay, big people. Solomon. Solomon. The wisdom 
of Solomon, the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, 1 Kings 4, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people in the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. Not only this, Solomon was uh, a literary genius, a musical genius, and a biologist on on top of this. He spoke 3,000 proverbs. His songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom, sent by all the kings of the world who had heard his wisdom. How did he get this wisdom? Well, God came to him and said, what do you want? And uh, Solomon said, I want wisdom. And God said to Solomon, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. We ask for wisdom, believe it, and God will give us his wisdom. Uh, Years ago, I was a pastor, uh, associate pastor of a little church in in Colorado, and uh, the church's finances, they built a new building, it's a long story, but they laid me off. So uh, what am I going to do? And I was looking for other ministry things, nothing came up, and uh, I spent hours, literally hours in prayer hours in prayer over this. Um, I had a business major in college. Um, But after that, and after talking to people and just praying for God's wisdom, there was a settledness and a peace in my heart of what to do. And the decision was not to change careers. For myself personally, not to go into business. And uh, what that choice did is it put me in a place, ultimately, that led me to Timothy Christian. So I look back, and I'm like, wow, this is really, this is really good. And uh, what was it? It was spending time in prayer, asking God for his wisdom, and believing that he would give it to me. Uh, When I think about other people in wisdom, I've talked, not to a lot, but I've talked to a few people that have confided in me that when they got engaged, they were not wise. And then the engagement led to a marriage and just told me this, it it wasn't wise. And so uh, at school, when we uh, look at the book of Proverbs, I like to take just a little bit of time to think about praying for God's wisdom for a future spouse. Uh, If you think about it, this is one of the most important things to be wise about in your life because it it has so many effects, of course, down the road when when it has to do with marriage and and family and community and church. It's huge. And uh, I believe that God will honor that prayer uh, of, of youth that honestly says, Lord... I want to be wise, and not only in future spouse, but, but in other ways as well. God will honor that prayer. And so I, I ask you this evening, what big decisions do you have in your life? Are you first praying for God's wisdom? And are you, are you willing to yield to God's wisdom as well. So, prayer for forgiveness, prayer for wisdom, and finally, a prayer for
for peace. Prayer for peace. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what is the promise? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Stressful situations are not meant to increase anxiety. They're meant to increase trust in a good and sovereign God. Stressful situations forces us, or should force us, to focus first on God, not all of the possible outcomes of the situation. We begin with prayer and focusing on God. And as we pray, as we speak prayers of thanksgiving and count our blessings, as we keep on praying, God says, His peace that is beyond anything you can manufacture, anything somebody else can put in your life, it is God's peace will come in and guard our hearts and our minds. I think about Jesus talking to his disciples. The Last Supper and the crucifixion was just a few hours away. And Jesus is beginning to break the news to his disciples that that I'm leaving. I'm leaving you. And Jesus says, all this I have spoken while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. This is a very real and powerful peace, not only for the disciples, but for our lives today. A number of years ago, I was... uh, uh, going to speak at a camp in Iowa, and I had not, previous to this, spoken publicly for a long time. And I was gripped with nervousness, and it just took all the joy out of speaking at this camp out of me. And uh, I just began praying for peace. That's what I focused on. Lord, I need your peace. I just need to release this to you. And I just kept praying and praying and praying about it. And uh, every situation is different. In this situation, I was just walking across the campground, not even thinking about my prayers for peace, and all of a sudden, it happened. Peace, peace came into me. And I just realized, this isn't even about me. It's about God's work for the kids. I will prepare my best, do my best, but it's in God's hands. And, and just that peace uh, came into my soul. Uh, over Christmas time, I was uh, talking to a Calvin Seminary student. We, he lives in the area, and he was a student of mine at Timothy, and so we got together for some coffee, and we were talking, and 
Uh, he's a, a natural introvert, and uh, preaching is not just the first thing he's going to jump at, but hey, he's in seminary, he's got you know, to step up to the plate here. And uh, so we were talking about he was going to be preaching in the area here, and he said, yeah, oh, I'm nervous about this. And uh, I, I told him, I told him this message. I said, you know what? I want to challenge you that you keep praying for peace until it comes. Just believe in God for that peace. And it may not come until you walk up onto the, onto the platform. And I'm not saying you're not going to have any, you know, little, little nerves or butterflies about this, but just kind of the draining anxiety. You need to give this to the Lord. And uh, this, is, this is God's work through you. And uh, so then we went on and talked about other things. Well, I made sure uh, that I went to his sermon, not to increase his stress, of course. And uh, so before the service, I saw him in the, in the lobby, and he came over, and he said, you know what? I did it. I kept praying for peace, and God gave me peace. And you could tell. You could tell when he got up to speak. Sure, he was new, but it was really good. And you could tell he was just at peace and comfortable with delivering the message. Uh, I have uh, one more, one more story. Uh, April eighteenth, two thousand thirteen. This was the rain that we had. I live one block from Spring Road. If you know Spring Road, it's a a flood. So uh, that we had rained all night, right? And then uh, that morning, I still remember, I had the, uh, the DOG in the front yard. Okay, come on, let's go quick. And I just saw, I saw the sky turning black. Then there was a crack of thunder and the dog beelined in the house. So, okay, I will follow you. And if you'll recall, around 7-ish that morning, it was really bad. I don't know how much came down, but it was intense rain. Uh, after that uh, rain, and I looked in my backyard, and I have never seen that much water in my backyard. I've never seen that much. And uh, afterwards, uh, neighbors, you know, begin to come outside and talk and congregate. And we were inside, and my wife said, let's go out. I said, oh, no, we're fine. They, they can talk. She, so she forced me outside. She's good. Said, okay, you're right. Let's go outside. So we were walking over to the group of neighbors, but we met one neighbor first, and I, we never made it to the whole group. And uh, this neighbor, and he's a Christian man, um, he visibly did not look good. I mean, physically did not look. It was the stress was just, was eating at him. And I had never seen him this way, quite frankly. And so I didn't go to the neighbors. I just stopped and, and talked with, with this neighbor. And uh, his wife came over, and my wife was there, and uh, we walked over to their house, and uh, his garage was surrounded by water, and uh, his backyard was completely flooded, and the water was this far from a brand-new natural gas generator they just had installed. And uh, he, has, he was in the 87 flood where everything was gone. I mean, it was bad, and... It was not good, good for him. And so anyway, we, we talked. And uh, then uh, my wife and I said, okay, well, you know, let us know if we can do anything. 
and we were just about to leave, and I just thought, here we are talking. We need to pray. So I just walked right into their house. My wife said, should you ask first? Well, okay, we're here now. And uh, the four of us circled up. We held hands. And it was one of those times, one of those special times where you just sense God's presence in an extra way because you are so needy, you have nothing else you can do. And so we circled up, held hands, and before I was going to pray, but before I could even pray, he started praying. And he prayed for the neighborhood. He prayed for Spring Road people. He, he just prayed for the neighborhood. And when he was done, I prayed. And, and I prayed for him and his wife. I, I just prayed for their house. And I, I just presented this to God. I said, Lord, I, I pray that the rain will stop and his house will be spared. And we ended our prayer, and I looked up, and the peace of God had settled deep in his, in his heart, his face. He was a different person. And we all just kind of stood there for a moment and like, what just happened? This was real. What happened? I don't know what's going to happen with the rain now, but what happened right now was, was God's peace. And so uh, uh, we left and uh, went to talk to some other neighbors, and he and his wife came out of the house, and you, he was a different person. You could see that. Uh, now, the other interesting thing, uh, if you looked at the weather report that day, uh, rain was forecast for the rest of the day. And uh, after our prayer, there was no measurable rain in our area for the rest of the day, and the water just receded uh, in his backyard. And uh, some people got flooded, some people didn't get flooded, but I will tell you, in that circle of prayer, the biggest blessing was God's peace. And so I, I end the message with this. What is stressful in your life? And I want to encourage you to pray, to pray, and to not give up praying because God wants to bless you with his peace. Amen.